What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, and you are listening to episode 134 of the podcast. Jack's here as well. Hello, everyone. Hi, Jack. We're here together. Uh, rare occurrence. I feel like most of our uh, podcasts are recorded when he is across the state, but we are together here today. And we're talking some NFL news. There's a the schedule's out, folks. All two hundred seventy-two games, I think. Two seventy-three, because it's usually two fifty-six plus seventeen more. Well, there would just be sixteen more. Yeah. There we go. We got it. Two quick math. Two seventy-two. You said it. Okay, two seventy-two. There we go. I got it right. Um. So we'll be talking about the schedule release that dropped uh, today at. Uh, 8 p.m. But, it was but not first, really. There were some leaks throughout the day. Um, so we pretty much knew the majority of the schedule, honestly, by 8 p.m. tonight. And we'll be discussing that, our thoughts, uh, some marquee matchups, and some, you know, our other general thoughts on that. And then we'll be discussing some some Aaron Rodgers for, for a little bit. That saga has been going on for, honestly, a year at this point since the 2020 draft uh, when – they drafted Jordan Love in the in the first round and obviously rubbed him the wrong way and you know, it didn't affect his play, but affected the uh, the personal relationships, I guess, brewing beneath the surface. And then we got some hot takes, some very early hot takes. I know the season's still four months away or so, but we're itching for some football talk and we're going to give you some bold predictions slash hot takes for the end. I don't know how many Jack has, but I don't Two? I have two as well. Perfect. All right. Anything to add before we jump right in here? No, I want to jump. We're diving right in. We're jumping in to diving. As I said, the schedule released for the 2021 NFL season all throughout today. I am a huge nerd for the schedule release. Yeah. Am I the person that's upset? upset excuse me. Obsessed the most with the schedule out of anyone you know? Fart, yes. Far and away. Yeah. I I literally refreshed Twitter every seven minutes today. And I was very intensely following this Google spreadsheet. Did you find that on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter. And 
I just love it. I don't know why. I I just love it so much. I just like knowing, even though we already know the opponents, when things are gonna happen. When things are gonna happen. When are the prime time matchups? Who's playing on Thanksgiving? Who's opening up the season? All all that. I just I love it. It, it would be my dream to be on the schedule committee. <laughs> well, like we know the teams that we know the opponents of every team, but it's almost as significant when you play certain teams and if you get them home. Actually, no, we already know who's home and away for the most part, I think. But when you get your bye, when you play these teams, that's almost as significant as who your opponents are, really. Right, and primetime games are always fun to see yeah. how many how many your team gets and and all that stuff. So there's definitely a lot we don't know and a lot we learned today. And you know, there can have you can have easy stretches or what seems like an easy stretch or what seems like a difficult stretch in the season. So I don't know. I'm probably just you know way too into this compared, <laughs> but but I love it. So. Um, what are your initial thoughts on the schedule? I mean, we've had a little bit to digest it here throughout the day. And what do you have? Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you want my matchups that I'm looking forward to most? Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I I have like a bunch written down. I have probably like seven or eight written down. I think you wrote down like four. Okay. Um, I This is an obvious one. I mean, regardless of who's going to be in this one, we'll be excited. It's the opening night. But uh, the Cowboys at the Bucks and is what the matchup is. Um, I'm most looking forward to it because I get to see Dak's return. Um, I don't know how close the game is going to be. I mean, the Cowboys are kind of a wild card. I, their offense obviously electric, and their defense, they went really defensive heavy in the draft. Um, so I don't know how close of a game is going to be per se, but I just want to see Dak back out there and start his MVP camp- campaign. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be something. I I mean I, Bucks. I don't know what the the line is. I know some sports books came out with some very ready. Yeah, they did for week one. Uh, just because people are itching for that, I guess. But yeah, yeah, they should they should be heavy favorites. I guess you could say at least. I think at least they should be at least five or six points. But obviously, we have many months to sort that out. But yeah, that that's a good one. And like you said, it could be the the dolphins and the texans and we'd be excited for it so it could literally be anyone playing in this game and we would just be ready for some football Uh, i i have a lot written down but one one i do have written down first uh is the jags and Bengals week four matchup on thursday night football yeah uh that's obviously trevor lawrence versus joe burrow and you know those are the two most recent number one overall picks in the draft. And these two played in the 2019 college football championship, the national championship. And Joe Burrow obviously got the best of uh, Lawrence on that day, but that's just going to be fun to watch just because, you know, Jacksonville is going to be an interesting team. I mean, obviously a team that people haven't really been that interested in over the past I mean, aside from that AFC championship run, like not, True. not very often that Jacksonville is a, a team that garners national attention, but you know, if things go right here with Lawrence, then they should be for, you know, quite a while now. So that could be a start of a new era in Jacksonville. So that was, uh, that, that's going to be fun to watch. And I, I think that's a, that's one of the more compelling 
uh, Thursday night games. Cause the week before that, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, it's the, the Panthers and the Texans. So we're going to need some excitement after that one. Why do they just love playing the worst games on Thursday night football? And it's always week three. If you go back and look at it, week three has historically been <laughs> a snooze fest. Yes. Every year. Uh, I think, I don't remember. I think last year it was Jags dolphins which I loved it because I had James Robinson in fantasy and he scored like 29 points that, that, that game, but overall not a great game other than that. And I know the dolphins had a pretty good season, but you know, going into the year that was not projected to be a good game and it really wasn't. And I know, you know, previously they've had Jags and uh, Titans on there. A lot of Jags games. So yeah, <laughs> Jags are always getting Thursday night games and London games. Right. So yeah, that, that was one I had uh, written down. What's uh, what's another game you're looking forward to? Uh, pretty obvious one as well. The uh, Bucks at the Patriots. Brady's return to Foxborough for the first time since leaving the Patriots. Even though I don't have high expectations for the Patriots. Um, eh, I kind of take that back. I don't know. They could be in the mix still. It's week eight. Um, that game's week four, I believe. I wrote down week eight. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah, that's the week four, the same week as the Jags-Bengals game. Oh, that's okay. The, that's the Sunday night game yep, Sunday for, night. for week four, I believe. Okay. So, yeah, the, the I mean, I think the Patriots could be a decent team this year, to be honest. I don't I don't think that we should count them out entirely at all. Um, They can be a decent team, yes. One, because of Belichick, obviously. Two, there are a lot of defensive players that are going to be returning this year who were not there last year. Um, but I just don't trust the quarterback situation, and that's the most important part of the team. So that's kind of why I'm I'm hesitant on the Patriots. But and obviously they had a bunch of like mediocre free agency signings, but uh, I think or er, er, Bill Belichick can get it done with with some mediocrity. So. Yeah, I think they're they're more interesting team. I I don't know what the national like consensus is. I don't either. Patriots. I really don't have a feel for what that's like. I'm right. curious. But yeah, I mean that that's got to be the matchup you mentioned. The Bucks going to New England has got to be one that every if you're an NFL fan, you're you're circling that one right. on account for sure. Um, another one I've written down is the uh, I have a bunch written down, so I'll only pick a few, but. The Christmas Day games, I think, are very um, compelling, in my opinion, at least. We've got two Christmas Day games. Christmas falls on a Saturday this year. The uh, first game is the Browns going to Green Bay. Uh, I think that should be, assuming Aaron Rodgers is still there, which we will touch on in a couple minutes here, but that, uh, that, that should be a very good game in Lambeau Field. And obviously the Browns making it to the divisional round last year, making the first time, making the playoffs for the first time in quite a while. I mean, that, that should be a game that has some playoff implications and yeah, that, that's a fantastic matchup. And we get the Colts uh, going to Arizona in the late window. Uh, if you know me, you know, I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan and obviously Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, by then we'll know, you know, if Carson's having a good season or not, if he bounced back, cause it's obviously week 16. So I don't know. I, I think I, I, I'm a little bit biased, but I just love every time the Cardinals play. I think they're a fun team to watch. So I think that that'll be a fun game. And hopefully those teams are also in contention for at least a wild card spot, or they could be even fighting for the division. Who knows at that point? So, 
Yeah, I wrote down the Christmas games because honestly, they give us anything on Christmas. I'll be happy. I love Christmas football. When was the last time we got a Christmas game? Last year. Was there a game on Christmas last year? Oh, I know there was a Christmas game last year because you know what happened on Christmas last year. I don't. What happened? I don't know. Kamara had six touchdowns. That's what happened. That was on Christmas or Christmas Eve? That was Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. We all know. Okay. We don't need to remind it. We don't need to repeat it that yeah, last year. I that won, that won me a championship in one of my leagues. I hope I'm not going against anyone on uh, fantasy of significance on Christmas because I do not repeat it last year. Yeah. Uh, after that happened, I got really drunk to forget about that. So let's let's not have that happen again. I don't need that on Christmas. So it was fantastic. Hopefully I'm on the other side of that this year. So we will see. Uh but yeah. So regardless, I think this is a good slate of Christmas games. And I wanted to touch on the Thanksgiving games and just the whole the week one primetime games in general. I know we're kind of jumping around here, but I'm not really in love with them to be honest. I don't know about you, but we've got, as you mentioned, the Cowboys uh, traveling to Tampa Bay to open the season. But then the first Sunday night game is the Bears going to the Rams, and the Monday night game is the Ravens and the Raiders. Kind of weird. Las Vegas. And the Thanksgiving games, Bears, Lions, Raiders, Cowboys. So Bears and Raiders get both. Right, and I'm not. I uh, I don't know, man. I just I think they could have definitely done. There, look at all the week one games. There's a lot of compelling games. They got we've got Pittsburgh, Buffalo, we've got Cleveland and Kansas City. We've got, I don't know, there's probably like other another one that I think three or four games would have been better than Chicago and LA, right? Um, a uh, a Kansas City, uh, Cleveland game in primetime week one that would be a great game just because of. It was a divisional round game last year. That was actually a close game, a kind of rematch of that. And there's even higher expectations for the Browns this year. The problem with that, though, I mean, any the Brown the Chiefs have a tough schedule. I'm I'm assuming they have a lot of first place teams from last year they're playing. So there's bound to be a lot of good matches for the Chiefs, and uh, they can only give the Chiefs so many primetime games. That's probably the reason for that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, I know this probably wouldn't have gotten the national, like, attention as perhaps Chicago would, but I would have even preferred, like, the Chargers and the football team, to be honest. I think those are more fun teams to watch. I mean, I, I don't know if the, then who? the majority of that. Then the Bears and Rams. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, if Justin Fields wins the job and it's, that's his debut, I think that's definitely a compelling storyline for sure. Yes. Yeah. But if it's Andy Dalton, I'm just I'm a little turned off by that. Yeah, that's a huge uh, deciding factor if it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. But the Rams, Matt Stafford, first time in the in the Rams uniform, like this offense, I don't know. That'd be exciting. That's I, I'm just looking forward to that. The Bears just aren't really historically an exciting team. Right, and it'll be the first game in SoFi Stadium, uh, the stadium that's hosting the Super Bowl this year with fans. Yeah. So that, that's it. That'll be a fun atmosphere, hopefully. So that'll be cool to see, but yeah, I, I, I kind of take that back because I love Justin Fields and that would be, that, that would definitely be interesting if, if he's the starter, but hopefully no Andy Dalton there. No offense, Andy. 
And just real quickly on the Thanksgiving games, as I mentioned, I'm not really in love with the first two, but I love Thanksgiving football, so put anything on all, fine. Yeah. But they did kind of make up for it. I think it's a very interesting night game, uh, the Bills and the Saints. Yeah. So, you know, even though the Saints, no Drew Brees, I think hopefully, whether it's Winston or Hill, you know. Or Ian Book. Or, or Ian Book. There you go. Don't want to don't uh, exclude him in that uh, quarterback competition. Right. But regardless of who's under center for the Saints, uh, I think they're still a good watch. And the Bills, obviously a very good team as well, made the AFC Championship game. So I, I think they kind of made up for it in the night game. So I'm, I'm happy with that one. Kind of hoping that they, they put the Steelers-Ravens on just because we kind of got gypped out of last year with the COVID uh, protocol. There was a little bit of an outbreak with the Ravens. So right. we got delayed. I was hoping they'd make it up to us and put us on Thanksgiving, but um, it's all right. Uh, like, like we said, we, we just love Thanksgiving football. So yeah. we'll be happy with anyone. Any other thoughts on the schedule or else we can move on, but I'm just happy, uh, you know, it's here and we can plan out and maybe we can get to a game this year. I mean, I think fans will, it'll be pretty much full capacity with all the stadiums. So we can probably get to a game and, you know, that, that I haven't been to a game since the uh, 2019 when we played the bills. That was the last right. NFL game I've been to. So it would definitely be fun to, um, to get out to a game. So we just know when um, that'll be. So, yeah, exciting. And I think last year we did the we did full wins and losses uh, prediction. We did. Remember that after the schedule release, yeah. we predicted every team. Uh, we probably won't do an episode with that, but I I might. We'll do, do that closer to the season. Yeah, we'll do it closer to the season. Yeah. I might just predict every game anyway, and then now, but uh, but I won't. I won't. We don't have to make an episode with it now or share it. But and then by the time the season starts, I can just adjust some things. Right. So, um. But yeah. So. Can we talk about the impact of what this we any impacts that we think of about the 17 game season? Sure. I wrote down a few. Yeah, go ahead. Um I think most notably, maybe not most notably, but uh it makes a harder schedule for good teams because you're just adding an additional first place team they have to play. Um that I'm just thinking about the Steelers in particular because we get out of the, the Seahawks. Um, yeah, our schedule is absolutely brutal. Like yeah. statistically we have, we're going against the highest winning percentage of the right. teams with the, the, the 2020 records, but it still holds up. If you just look at it like straight through, especially yeah. at the end of the year, we, we got to play. I think they said five out of the last six teams we played made the playoffs last year. I think that includes the Ravens twice, the Browns, the Titans, and there's one other one I'm forgetting. Chiefs, but Chiefs yeah, too, week 16. So it's absolutely brutal. Bills. We I mean, played them in week one, but I was just referring to the oh, end. Oh, the end. But, okay, but, yeah. But, yeah, it's just overall just a very, very tough schedule for right. us. Right. So, yeah, like the first place teams that won last year, they're obviously adding another first place team, so that is uh, significant as opposed to fourth place teams adding another fourth place team. So. Um, that was one thing I wrote down, and I think that, I mean, adding just one game sounds like it's not that big of a deal, but it kind of is, and I think the teams that have depth at the most injured positions, uh, most the positions that are most vulnerable to injury um, will benefit, and that being 
running back and offensive line. I looked up the two most injured positions, and you don't even have to look that up. That's kind of assumed almost. Um, so offensive line depth is going to be bigger this year than it, than it has ever been in years past. Um, and obviously the, about running backs, I think uh, you may more likely see running back by committee if it's re- if it's easily employable. Off the top of my head, think of teams like the Browns can do that effectively more often. The Jags now. Maybe that's why Urban Meyer did it. Probably not, though. But the Jags with Etienne and Robinson and Carlos Hyde. Uh, Broncos, Javante Williams, they drafted highly with Melvin Gordon still there. Raiders, Kenyon Drake and Jacobs. So a lot of, uh, I don't know, this is off the top top of my head. Those are teams, but um, maybe we may see more of that. Yeah, a little bit of a trend that's uh, that may affect fantasy football. Um, just makes the Christian McCaffrey's of the world a little bit uh, even more valuable than they right. already were, I guess, because they're the, the 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 true bell cows, I guess, are few and far between as we increase these games and uh, see more teams doing that. So, yep. But he, maybe even Christian McCaffrey with with Hubbard there, maybe he. I know he, you know, when they, they take they, him in the fourth they round, lot, they did. Yeah, they, I mean, they have a lot of money invested in McCaffrey, and yeah, you know, but again, he's still gonna get a, the lion's share of work. But yep, but yeah, that's definitely uh, something that is interesting to note and, and to monitor going forward. So that that could definitely um, be a trend that we see coaches and just organizations uh, move towards. Uh, all right, so. We can move on to the Aaron Rodgers saga. I mean, this has been going on, like I said in the beginning of the episode here, for quite a while, and it really picked up steam last week, right, the day of the draft, and we haven't gotten a chance to really touch on that, really. But, yeah, there seems to be a huge disconnect between Rodgers and the and the organization. Um, and it, 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 from the surface, it, it seems like it's bigger than the just a contract dispute. Yeah. So... I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Well, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, it's clearly been boiling over. I bet it's been boiling over for years now, but the tipping point was last year, as you mentioned earlier, with the drafting of Jordan Love in the first round, which um, Aaron Rodgers did not take too kindly to that as he was he was 36, but he wasn't really declining, and then he went out and won MVP. Um, yeah, that really fueled the fire. Right. Uh, so now, I mean, they keep saying the Packers keep saying how, or I guess their, their GM Gutekunst, I keep seeing how there's like, he 0% chance he's going to be traded. We're not, we're not exploring any trade options. Like he's going to, whatever, like they're keep saying that, but if this continues this mess and like Rogers isn't there and OTAs and not there in, in camp. And then if this rolls over into preseason and he's still not there, like, that zero percent chance is gonna is gonna increase. I like they, um, at some point you got to get something out of him if he holds out. And I think Aaron Rodgers is has too much of an ego and he is petty enough to hold out. I I don't I could definitely see him doing that as opposed to a lot of these. Like I wouldn't see like Russell Wilson doing that, um, and a lot of other quarterbacks. But I could definitely see Rodgers doing that. Yeah, no. If it, if it were gonna be one guy, it would probably be him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just it's hard to see like what it is. It's not, it's not a. I mean, the the contract dispute is probably definitely a portion of it, but 
definitely seems like it's more it's deeply rooted than that. And I, this is a question I had written down because I guess it kind of goes along with this. But in your opinion, how much should quarterbacks and more specifically star quarterbacks have in terms of influencing the the organization over like decisions that are being made, in your opinion? Do you think they should have kind of a, a voice or not really? Um, I think they should have at least some voice regardless of where they are in their careers. And I think that voice changes depending on where you are in your career. If you're um, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's won many MVPs and won Super Bowl, but been around for a while and you're clearly a franchise quarterback for this long, then yes, you should. Um, I mean, a guy like, it's interesting, like a guy like Kyler Murray, who is, is he's only had two years under his belt, but he even said himself recently that he feels like he should have some say being the quarterback and all quarterbacks should, um, which I don't disagree with him. I think that he should since he is the quarterback. However, you know, he's uh, only been there for two years and he's not like a, I don't know. Can Watch you, yourself. Like, I don't know if he's he's not he's not Aaron Rodgers level Aaron Rodgers level in the Cardinals organization by any means. So um it takes him time to get considerable say, in my opinion. But I think all quarterbacks should because it's the most important position by far in all of sports. Like I think I think it's warranted that they have some some sway. Yeah, so I Again, so I, I I think ultimately no, they okay. shouldn't they shouldn't have like final obviously not final say because they're not the general manager. I just think there should be open communication. You should be on the same page, and there should just be no no really secrets in terms of like what what you're like planning to do. I mean, we all we it kind of came out of the report that Rogers didn't really find out that they were drafting Love until it was announced on TV, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. if they were planning to do that, and again he most likely would not have agreed with the decision to do so. I mean, almost certainly. Right. But at least he would have been given the heads up and they can kind of maybe explain their thought process in doing so. Just have like an open communication. I, I, We don't know clearly because we're not within the Packers organization and not many people are. So it's kind of just speculation, but we can kind of, you know, infer that there's not that going on. There's no communication really and. It, it's kind of a, a messy situation in that regard. So as long as there's communication, everyone's open with each other, honest, transparent, and they at least make it seem like his opinion is valued. Uh, maybe not like it, it, they factor it in a little bit and not just like completely disregard it. I think that's where you need to be. Um, okay. But let me ask you this though. That's all sounds great. Open communication, but at the end of the day, like they, if they told him and tried to explain to him why they're do- making that Jordan Love pick, what's he going to say? He's going to say, don't do it. And then I think the disagreement and the, and the uh, tension still there that they made this pick pretty much, not pretty much, kind of writing him off, saying that we're looking towards the future. He wouldn't have signed off on that. And even though there was open communication, they were transparent about it, they explained it, he would not have been happy about it. And I think that, um, like I, if they still went and made the decision, like how much influence should he have? Like how much should 
I don't know. You know what I mean? Correct. If you're going to move in that direction, if you're the Packers specifically with picking a quarterback when you still have a guy who's in his mid thirties and still playing at a high level, it's there's not really a good way to it's go. It's hard to justify that. doing that. Yeah. Right. And again, I I don't really think it's it's a good situation to be in. I mean, they put themselves in that. They're the one who chose to draft Jordan Love. However, I just still would have to believe it's better than Blindside. Anything would be better than that. Really. It'd be better. So, again, to answer your question, like, no, it's not going to be it's not going to be a good situation because of that. But I just think it would. If I were Aaron Rodgers, and again, I'm not. I would at least appreciate the transparency above anything else, to be honest. So again, I, I wouldn't agree with it either if I were him, because I I'm a, obviously would be confident in my abilities, but it's uh I think would just help a little bit at least. And again, I don't I, we don't really know for certain what's going on with that. So uh, I guess one final question I had on that topic was, and I think I've asked you this before, actually, maybe like a couple of days ago or a week ago, but will he be playing with the Packers in 2021 as we stand right now? I was thinking about that earlier, and that's really hard to say. Um, I'm going to go bold and say he's going to be in Denver. Um, I think it's somewhat indicative or it's telling how the Broncos did not take a quarterback at nine despite there being two of the top five still there. Um, that's one thing. Um, we know they have made a giant offer. The Broncos have. And then Gutekunst in response says we're not trading him. But as I said, Rodgers continues to not be there. Then these offers are going to keep from the Broncos and probably others, but talking about the Broncos, keep their offers are going to keep coming in um, to try to make a, make a run at them. And I think the the Packers have to be more willing to accept as time goes on. Rodgers is still like this. Um, also, it's today they signed Blake Bortles, so that could be a sign that maybe they're looking for a backup quarterback. Yeah, adding some depth to the quarterback room for sure. Right, getting a veteran backup for Jordan Love, so that could be a, a sign there. Um, yeah, and we, we've seen the Broncos. I know Peyton Manning was via free agency, but we've seen them take a stab at veteran quarterbacks who are obviously legends of the game and it clearly worked out from with Peyton. So it could be a similar trajectory with that. And like you said, it, it, the longer Rodgers is not there, if you did decide to hold out and not show up to, you know, OTAs and then training camp and then throughout the start of the preseason and, and whatnot they lose leverage at that point because they're right. just like, all right, well, what are we going to do? I don't know. So that's certainly a, an intriguing thing to monitor. And to answer my own question, I, I think he is going to be on, I think he's still going to play for the Packers. I okay. just still can't really see it at this point, but if I'm making a call right now on May 12th, I'm going to say he's a, he's playing for the Packers next season. There's so. two things to that. Um, one the uh he said that he i don't know if his comments are true or not i want to believe i i'd believe them to be true that he wants gutekunst fired for him to come back um if i were the packers ceo i would do it <laughs> I, I think rogers is more important than gutekunst i seems kind of odd but i i would do that you do you disagree 
if that is the the end all be all and I'm forced to decide between the two, I I mean I don't I don't know enough about Gudekunst to I guess make the decision, but yeah. I mean I, I don't think you know yeah, I, I guess so. If if I'm literally forced to decide between the two of them, I'm gonna pick Rogers. I love how we just didn't. No one really knew his name, the Packers GM, until like a week ago. I feel like we just like learned his name, and everyone <laughs> like True. knew it. Just, if you're not a Packers fan, uh, but yeah. But to that, um, kind of similarly though, I guess. I mean, we both said we'd choose Rogers, but they did draft Jordan Love in the first round, so they got to have some belief in him. And if they do have some belief in him, they have a great roster already. They made the back-to-back conference championships. So I wrote down here and. If Rodgers is gone, I initially thought, and probably anyone in this situation would initially think, like, just blow it up, blow up the whole roster, trade Devonta Adams, who said, who cryptically tweeted, appreciate what you have while you have it or something along those lines. So trade Rodgers, trade Adams, and get whatever, blow it up. But as I just said, they have a Super Bowl competing contender roster. Um, and if they traded away Rodgers, they're going to get a haul back. So build around Jordan Love all while he's on his rookie deal with these a plethora of first round picks and just keep this roster. And if you have belief in Love, then maybe it can work out. I don't know. Right. I just don't though. I don't necessarily either, but I just a dumb pick for so many reasons. Right. Yeah. I mean, pre-draft, I honestly don't even remember my opinion on him. I didn't really have much of an opinion on on Jordan Love. Um like I wouldn't like completely. I I'm not writing him off. Like I don't know. I, I I'd want to say he's learning a lot under Rogers, but I doubt Rogers is very uh a very good teacher, uh this past season. Uh so I don't know. It's it's very it's a very interesting situation in the quarterback room. What was a what was a more dumb pick? The Packers picking Jordan Love in the end of the first round, or TJ picking Jordan Love in our rookie draft, one quarterback in the beginning of the third round. Um, knowing that he probably won't play for two seasons. Well, that's really hard. Honestly, it's still an overdraft at this point, taking Jordan Love in the early third of rookie draft. But, like, it's not horrible now, considering the situation that we may find ourselves in. It's still bad, but I don't know. I'd honestly say the Packers, it's worse than the Packers. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, well, actually I, I take that back. It was not the beginning of the third round. It was the end. I think TJ was prepared to take him in the beginning of the third, but I yeah. wanted Van Jefferson. So I, and I knew he was like, I knew TJ wanted Jordan love. So I'm like, just trade back. It makes sense for you. You want your guy anyway. He's going to be there. there. Right. So, okay. So answer my own question, Packers. That was the more dumb decision. Like right now it's, not a horrible pick back then tj had no idea this would happen so i don't know yeah yeah you're right all right is it hot take time yes so jack has two hot takes i also have two hot takes and again these how hot are they on a scale from one to ten each First one is an eight. Second one is a, a seven. Okay. They're probably going to be really stupid. No. No? No, they're not that stupid. 
All right. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. All right. Well, we'll see. You can rate mine as well. Okay. After you what do you rate your own? Rate your own one to 10. Mm, it's hard to tell. I think my first one is, is more spicy than my second one by a little bit. Same. Well, uh, okay. My first one kind of has a lot in it. For all, for all of it to happen, I think it's pro- probably a, a nine. <laughs> okay, mine are pretty simple. Okay, go. Well, it's like a three thing in one kind of thing. All right. For my first one. But let's get to it without further ado. My first hot take here is the Chargers win the AFC West. They're the number one seed in the AFC. And Justin Herbert wins MVP. Um. I mean, I feel like if those first two things happen, the third thing is looking good. Right. The thing is, <laughs> the thing about the Chargers is that every year they have this great roster on paper, and it seems to never come to fruition, whether it be injury or poor coaching. But you have to think this year is different because of Herbert and the brand-new head coach. Yeah, and obviously Rivers has been there for right. – he was there for quite a while, but it's just like we all kind of knew what he was. But right, Herbert, yeah. Herbert has this untapped ceiling That's that true. we all think, especially like me as well, I think that he can reach. So, you know, he's coming off the, the rookie of the year, only played in 15 games, had 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 picks, five rushing touchdowns. Charters massively upgrade the offensive line you know, through the draft and free agency. So it's one of the worst last year should be looking like an average to above average unit. Now Austin Eckler's there for a full season. He missed some time last year. So the weapons are coming together. The protections coming together. And I just, he's just, you just watch him play. He's fantastic. So I'm just still not going to bet against the chiefs because the chiefs, the chiefs improved their line drastically too. So and that was their downfall, obviously, in the Super Bowl. So I, yeah, it's it really, could be a good bet. Do you know what the odds are on any of those? I think the Chargers are like plus six hundred to win the AFC West. And you, oh, okay, you can't bet on the one seed, but do you know Herbert, his MVP odds? I believe it's twenty to one. So that's plus two thousand. I think so. Yeah. I think I checked like a week ago. I didn't check recently, but okay. I doubt it really shifted that much over the past week. But, yeah, no, it's definitely – it's kind of bold to say because, you know, the Chiefs are the, the class of the AFC, the AFC West, and pretty much the NFL. Like, they're the standard that you want to be at. So, it's bold to say. And, if man, if the if the Broncos do get Aaron Rodgers, like you said earlier in the True. episode, yeah. that division is really loaded. Loaded with great quarterbacks. So The pinnacle being Derek Carr. Right. So, that's uh, – yeah, that that'll be really tough. So – I know it is kind of bold, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it. So I'd say mine is bolder. Okay. All right. Ready for it. Carson wins MVP. Oh my gosh. That is, yeah, that, that is even more bold. 40 to one odds. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that one. I think he's definitely going to bounce back and I really hope he does for my uh, sake of my Michael Pittman share that that I recently acquired, but but uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, so MVP, that's that's uh, that's spicy. So I'm a big Carson Wentz fan now. I've always liked Carson Wentz, but now I can really root for him because he's not on the Eagles. Um, we all know he's reunited with Frank Reich. One, two, 
the article that we was sent in our group chat by Football Outsiders, um, explaining a lot of, um, how do I phrase this? Carson Wentz was unfortunate with a lot of interceptions last year. Hail Mary picks, tip balls from hitting off his receiver's hands, things like that. Um, that's why he led the league in interceptions. Um, I mean, maybe that's not all why. I mean, I, I know he had his, he did not perform well last year, but um, I guess you can say it wasn't entirely him. And the, the coach situation with Peterson and everything there sounded like a mess too. So um, also kind of a similar situation with Love and Rodgers. They draft a quarterback in the second round despite needing a receiver and other, they did draft Rager, but they had other needs. Um, I digress. Uh, that's one thing. Um, they signed Eric Fisher to bolster their already great offensive line. So that's got to be something too. There. Uh, what else we got? Uh, I wasn't too high on their wide receiver core. Um, but I mean, if if I'm pushing for Carson Wentz MVP, I got to be higher on Pittman now. Um, which I I never I never disliked him. I just I really it's primarily I just don't believe I don't think TY is great at this point um in his career. However, if you think back the 2017 Eagles offensive weapons were arguably equal or worse than what he has now. And that was his probably MVP season if he's healthy the whole year, so so if Carson Wentz is winning MVP according to your bold take like how many touchdowns is Michael Pittman going to get then? I feel like he's got to get a decent amount then, and you're lower on Ty. So I feel like this is really shaping up here for. So who do I have to be high on? Paris Campbell then. Paris Campbell Campbell is going to have like 17 touchdowns. How about Zach Pascal, another golden goat? <laughs> really? Do yeah. they have who's their tight end? Is it Jack Doyle? Jack Doyle and Moali Cox still. Moali Cox and I, I don't know for certain, but Trey Burton was teammate in 2017. Maybe they make a move for Zach Ertz as well. You never know. They, I thought they would. At they, draft they, night. They're, uh, it's something with the June 1st thing, but I think after True. that, it would be more feasible for them to do that. So, yeah, you never know. He, he could be reunited with Ertz and Indy, and that would be... Uh, also, Jonathan better. Taylor and Naheem Hines can catch a ton too. Yeah. Primarily well. Hines. Right. So, definitely a better situation. There's a path. There's a path for it to happen. There's a path. It's not totally off like the situation is fantastic it's just how much you believe in Carson Wentz and I believe a ton okay all right there we go again so this one is not going to seem that bold and compared to my first one or your one but uh, my second one is Justin Fields the unanimous rookie of the year and the Bears return to the postseason like they did last year okay what are the odds for that do you know believe he's the second favorite uh, behind Lawrence, but I wrote unanimous rookie of the year. So that means Hmm. I love Trevor Lawrence as well. And I think he's going to have a good year, but I think Fields is going to have an amazing year. I will love that for Allen Robinson. This is already Allen Robinson's best quarterback he's ever had. Far and away. (laughs) Nuts. Yeah, so I just love Justin Fields. I think that the Bears made a fantastic selection. I was kind of bummed. I really think that the Steelers could have made a move. I know, you know, you are have mixed feelings on Fields, but, you know, the Steelers were 24. 
the Bears were at 20, I believe, 20 or 21. So you got to think that the deal that the Bears offered, the Steelers could have offered a little bit of a similar offer, maybe adding a little bit more. But I think they only gave up like what? Obviously their first that year, the first in 2022, and maybe like a third, I think. I would have done that. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have. It's because our picks are more valuable than the Bears are. Why? Because we draft far better. It's kind of arrogant to say, but it's just true. And, um, I mean, people may not agree, but the Steelers are still, like, in the mix this year. Like, they wanted – it's their last season with Ben, so we're still going for it. We don't want to look to the future yet. So, um, it wouldn't have really made sense. I would have been in support of it, but – that's kind of off topic, but I just back to Fields. I think he's going to offer a lot on the ground. I think his arm, his arm strength is unquestioned, and I don't know. I just, I just love him. I think, I think it was a steal. I was down on him for a little bit, but I've been coming around on him. The biggest thing that I've said many times is from Ohio State, those quarterbacks haven't panned out in a very long time. I saw a meme. It was a Venn diagram. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like. Bears history of bad quarterbacks, Ohio State history of bad quarterbacks, and then there was like a very skinny, skinny overlap. And sounds like this is going to be Justin Fields as a joke. No, man, it's just two wrongs, or they're just going to cancel each other Maybe. out, and he's going to be fantastic. That's Maybe. how it's going to be. So I feel like that is a little bit less spicy than Wentz and uh, the oh, Chargers. Yeah. But yeah, what's your uh, second one? Uh, Hotter final, take, final one. Hotter take than that, and similar. Uh, Najee Harris, offensive rookie of the year. I could definitely see that as well. I think. I mean, he's gonna get so much volume. Exactly. We're, yeah. Like, like he's gonna eighty-five percent of the carries. He should. I'll I'll be pissed if Benny Snell is getting. We should any. cut Benny Snell. No. Yes, we should cut Benny Snell. We drafted Anthony McFarlane in the same round. He's definitely better. I we didn't see much of him last year, but he's better. Is Kalen Balaj better? That's right. We have Kim, we have him too. We do have Kalen Balaj. Kalen Balaj and McFarlane, fine. That that could be our running backs two and three. Um, but Najah Harris is plus fifteen hundred win rookie of the year, and around Pittsburgh, he's getting a lot of Le'Veon Bell comps, and. I'm going to buy into it. I can see that happening. The situation is fit for it. Uh, yeah, he's going to get some more volume, as we said, to Bell. Um, we were looking over Le'Veon's workload recently, and that was insane. Yeah. I can. I mean, I can still see it happening. Right. Yeah, so he's definitely going to get the volume to do so. And, you know, obviously the big question is the offensive line. So if, if his efficiency is just average – he's going to put up insane numbers. Right. And I think a deciding factor in what should be a deciding factor if he's in contention for rookie of the year, just look at the drastic improvement from our 2020 rushing attack, which was worse in the league and compare that to what he's going to do this year. If he does what we're saying. Um, so that's got to be a pretty significant reason to give him rookie of the year just to see how much it's just like a tangible evidence of how much of a difference he makes. Um, the quarterback I see in highest contention competition for this would be Lawrence. Um, 
I didn't write down Fields just because there could be uh maybe he doesn't start right away. I don't know. He should, but maybe he doesn't. So uh, Lawrence is, I think, I mean, he's the favorite. So I see him being in the highest, his most, who brings the most competition for the award uh, will be Lawrence. And it's really hard for a wide receiver tight end to win it. I mean, if Justin Jefferson doesn't win it with 1400 yards and as a rookie, like I, they're, yeah. it's never going to happen. Odell did it though, right? He won rookie of the year. Uh, yes. I but that must've so. been a, a 2014. That was a weak quarterback class. Wasn't that the year Blake Bortles went third overall? I don't know, but it, it really, it, that's the only way it can be. It has right. to be. And this quarterback. quarterback class is, I mean, five going the first top 15. So it's strong. So yeah. I, I, position player, a wide receiver tight end won't win it. Um, it would have to be like a Randy. I think Randy Moss had a pretty insane rookie year, if I'm not mistaken, or second year or something. But he might have won it. But the quarterbacks were probably not that great, right? So, know. yeah, I don't know. So, I like the Najee pick. I think he's going to be, you know, I th- I think I still shocker do a ton of mock drafts every day, even though it's May. I've been doing them for months. I think I'm a little bit higher on the consensus for Harris then and he's still I think he's projected right now right now his ADP is like mid second round I think I would feel comfortable taking him in the beginning of the second round like sure. if, I, if I pick 11 or 12 and getting him on the turn I think that's uh pairing him with like I think it'd be my dream to go with like Travis Kelsey and Najee Harris like yeah end of first and early second I think I would be really happy with that start so yeah it's just the, the volume's king and, and he's a good player. So it just it looks like it's lining up really well. But man, if he, if he got hurt out for the year, like our running game, if we thought it was bad last year, it's going to be even worse this year. I mean, it's yeah. It's, so if he's hurt, then it's It's the same thing as what we had last year when I James believe, Connor was hurt. It'll be literally worse. Cause at least Connor played well for the first like six games of the season. You're just going to say it's worse than when we had Connor healthy? Yes. I'm confusing myself. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's going to be putrid. We had like the one of the worst rushing attacks last year, yeah. and it'll be right there if Najee's there. So, man, he's got to stay healthy. So, all right. That is our show. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be coming out with an NBA playoff preview next weekend, as well as an NHL playoff preview. So, yep. They are right around the corner, and we are excited for that as well. Um, So stay tuned for that. And uh, anything else to add before we close up the show here? Uh, I don't think so. No. All right. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to follow the show on Instagram at Hogline Podcast. And uh, we will catch you next week, folks. See you.